This is Condopedia. Here, we talk about everything related to condo law in Ontario, with hopefully some humor mixed in. Hi, listeners. Um, I'm here again today with a new guest talking about Tarion. This is the second episode in our four-part series, and my guest today is Cheryl Wood of our firm. Um, firstly, Cheryl, welcome. And whenever we have a new guest, I always ask the question, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice? Hi, David, and thank you. Um, yeah, so I have been practicing condominium law for almost 10 years now. Uh, my practice is pretty varied. I split my practice between litigation, and that litigation is primarily related to owner compliance and contract enforcement. So I also work with condominium boards related to condominium governance, employment, and I also assist with uh, meetings. So I chair a lot of meetings and also help out with um, others when they're chairing meetings. Great. Well, thanks for that introduction. So today's episode is the second part of a four-part series about Tarion. And it's a follow-up on Melinda's uh, episode that we had a few weeks ago. And uh, Cheryl, can you tell us a little bit what, what, are, what are we discussing today? Yeah, so we're talking about Tarion. And as um, you know, Melinda did an excellent coverage on what Tarion is, what boards need to know and be aware of with respect to Tarion. But today we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the first and second year warranties and information that corporations, boards, and even owners need to be aware of uh, with new condominium corporations in those first two years. Okay, great. So why don't we get started? Can you tell us a bit about the first and uh, second year warranties? Yeah, so the first year warranty, just as a general overview, is it requires um, that the home or the condominium corporation be constructed in a work-like manner and free from defects in material. It also needs to be fit for habitation and constructed in accordance with the Ontario Building Code. Um, What isn't covered is normal wear and tear to the condominium building and units, normal shrinkage of materials, setting soil, secondary damage to personal property that might arise out of a deficiency, damage resulting from improper maintenance. So one of the keys that boards need to be aware of is even if there is a deficiency, they need to keep up the maintenance on their condominium corporation. Um, It doesn't cover alterations, deletions, or additions made by the owner. So unit improvements that occur. Uh, Damage relating from an act of God, so if there's fire, flood, earthquake, something like that, it's not going to be covered. And uh, damage caused by municipal services or other utilities. So in that first year, you have that general requirement that it has to be in good condition, free from defects in material, fit for habitation and in compliance with the code. So that's your main focus on the first year. Um, For the second year, we um, have a little bit more narrow coverage. So when you're looking at second year warranty coverage, you're looking at water penetration through the basement or foundation walls of the condominium corporation, uh, defects in materials, including windows, doors, 
um, and caulking or defects in work that results in water penetration through the building envelope. Uh, defect in work and materials in the electrical, plumbing, and heating delivery and distribution systems. Defects in work or material which results in detachment, displacement, or deterioration of exterior cladding, such as brickwork, aluminum, vinyl signing, and EFIS, and violations of the Ontario Building Code that would affect the health and safety, including uh, but not limited to violations related to fire safety and structural adequacy of the home. So when you have your first year warranties, it's broader. It has to be constructed in accordance with the building code. When you get into the second year, you're more focused on specific things, which is the water penetration, um, defects in electrical plumbing, heating, and then the in ensuring that the health and safety of owners and occupants are protected. Okay. Um, can you tell us a bit about, because we, we've been mentioning first year, second year warranties. Can you tell us a bit about the timing? Like what does first year mean? Is it, does it start from the day we move in or when does that start? Yeah, so that's a great question. With the first year warranty coverage for condominium corporations, um, any claim for one year warranty coverage has to be made within the first year from the date of the registration of the declaration and description. So if your condominium was declared on May 1st, 2022, then your first year warranty claim needs to be submitted to Tarion by midnight on May 1st, 2023. And then similarly with the second year warranty, with that May 1st, 2022 declaration registration, you would need to ensure that your second year claim is made by May 1st, 2024. Okay. So that it doesn't have to do with, I guess, when people start moving into their units, eh? No, they needed a consistent date, right? For these claims to be made. So um, it is that one year period from the date of registration. Okay. And I know we've talked when you were going through the warranties, I know you talked about certain, like there's a lot of technical elements involved in kind of (laughs) figuring out what is covered and what is not covered. So um, I'm thinking then this is how um, the corporation has to involve a consultant. Yes. So that's a great question. Um, Boards aren't expected to go through and review and find um, whether all of these technical requirements are met they would retain a consultant. And it's actually in section 44 of the Condominium Act. It states that the condominium corporation must retain either a certified engineer or a certified architect to do the work. So when we talk about a consultant, it would be that certified engineer or certified architect. And some, uh, I mean, we generally see it being an engineer that does this type of review. And, And what kind of work would they be doing? So they do what's called a performance audit and they prepare a um, comprehensive report for the board that reviews all of the elements of um, all of the common elements that are set out in the description of the condominium corporation. So they're going to go in and expect inspect all major components on the property, including um, the building within the building and the landscaped areas on the exterior of the property. They're going to look at the reports and documents prepared by the builders when they're building 
and making sure that everything was completed in accordance with their requirements. Um, what they'll also generally do, and it's recommended that they do, is that they send out a questionnaire to owners um, to see if the owners that are living in their units have noticed any um, issues or defects in the common elements or whether there are any symptoms. So uh, water penetration that the corporation needs to be aware of and investigate further. Okay. And then I guess this performance audit, when, when does, I guess, the new board or the new corporation has to get this report? Like what are the timings involved? Yeah, so under the Condominium Act, Section 44, the corporation has to retain the services of the consultant to do this review um, no earlier than six months from the date of the declaration of the condominium and um, no later than 10 months. That's the current requirement. There are pending changes to the Act that would change that uh, wording slightly. They're looking at changing it to say that it has to be done by the first year anniversary. Um, but it is really helpful to get it done earlier rather than later, because then the condominium boards have an opportunity to dialogue with the consultant about things that they've noticed and um, in make inquiries on whether anything else needs to be added or if there are any other concerns with the report that's provided. And I just want to add here at one point, like it's also great to get it done earlier because you don't want a situation where you submit this performance audit late because if it's submitted late, Tarion is going to consider that, um, for example, if you submit it after the deadline for the first year warranty period, Tarion is going to consider that performance audit to be a claim under the second year warranty period. And obviously we, we've talked about how the second year warranty and the first year warranty, there's a bit of a difference in coverage. So, exactly. You would yeah. lose coverage on certain things if you miss those deadlines. Um, so you want to make sure that you have everything in um, by that first year anniversary date. Okay. And then what about the second year warranty? Like if a condo corporation prepares a performance audit and submits it within the first year, should like what, what should they do to prepare for that second year warranty period? So there's no specific requirement under the act that they get a second performance audit or that they review their performance audit before that second year. But I would highly recommend that condominium boards bring their consultant back within that second year, um, probably um, a couple months before you would have to submit your second year warranty claim to review and update that performance audit to see if there's anything that arose over um, that year from the last time that you had the consultant in there um, and make sure that you preserve any claims that might have arisen um, in that year. Right. Okay. Um, I think that's a really good point to make. Um, in my kind of practice, I don't often see second year warrant. Well, actually I do sometimes see second year warranty performance audits, but oftentimes it's because they were submitted after the first year warranty period ended. So um, it's a good point to make because I've seen sometimes uh, with the, as you know, Cheryl, with the nature of building deficiencies, sometimes they don't appear in the first year very evidently. And it takes some time for symptoms to develop and stuff like that. So it's a really good point to make about um, getting the engineer back to um, have a second look. And 
Um, I probably mentioned this when I was with Melinda, but it's always good to mention how an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure and um, performance audits are really that kind of preventative step um, to prevent any big bills down the road. Um, I know we've been talking about getting a consultant involved, but can you kind of tell, um, talk to me a bit about why it's important to kind of pick your own consultant for this type of work rather than relying on say the, the developer or uh, someone associated with the developer? Yeah, it's essential that condominium corporations get their own independent consultant involved. Realistically, when you're looking at um, bringing in an engineer one of or a consultant, one of the things you have to recognize is this is a process where you're going to be working with the builder to try and get them to repair warranty issues and working with Tarion. And at some point, there could be a conflict about these warranty items. So you want your own independent consultant that can give you advice and there's no risk of conflict between that consultant and the builder. So down the road, when the builder has to go in and make a repair, if you don't have that independent engineer, you can't ensure that the work or the repairs that they've done to that warranty deficiency is done properly unless you have your own independent expert. Right. Okay. Okay. On that note, I think it's a good segue to kind of my next question. So we're a new condo corporation. We submitted our performance audit. Um, What's the next step? Yeah. So after the performance audits are submitted um, and your second year warranty claim is submitted, the builder has a repair period. Um, as Terion calls it, a builder repair period. And so the builder will have an opportunity to go in and resolve any warranted claims um, that are on your first year and second year claim forms or on the performance audit. So the builder will be given 18 months from the first anniversary uh, to complete all of the required repairs. And so back to our example of May 1st, 2022, if that's the date of declaration, then the builder would have until November 1st, 2024 to complete all of the required uh, warranty repairs. Okay. And then is there kind of like a, is there something to keep track of the various items to uh, uh, repair? Yeah, so there's what we call a um, performance audit tracking summary. And so usually when you get your performance audit from the consultant, you'll get this comprehensive report that sets out um, the summary of the work um, that needs to be completed. You'll have a index setting out all of the elements that were reviewed by the consultant. Um, The consultant will set out um, any information it obtains from the questionnaires from the owners and its findings and discoveries from those reviews of the common elements. Um, And then in the appendices, what they'll usually include are photographs of the property showing um, any defects that they discover, um, copies of the questionnaires, reports that they've reviewed or that are um, very important to the performance audit. But it'll also include this Tarion 
performance audit tracking summary. And so it's a, essentially sets out a list of all of the deficiencies um, that were noted. And this is the tracking sheet that will be used by the builder, the corporation, and Tarion to review um, the issues and how um, things have been corrected over time. So it'll set out where in the performance audit the deficiencies listed. It'll set out where on the property the deficiencies located. It'll talk about how important, it'll set a priority level on how quickly this should get repaired. Um, the vendor's position on the deficiency, their response, corporation's position and response, but it'll also um, show any repairs that are done. You'll keep updating this tracking summary as you go. And there's actually a requirement in that builder repair period that we were discussing to for both the builder and condominium to provide updates to Tarion every 90 days mm. with respect to how the repairs are proceeding and what's being done. Right. That sounds good. It's, it's to make sure things are moving because I think 18 months is a fair bit of time, but yeah, um, that sounds pretty good. Okay. What about what happens if um, the builder doesn't resolve everything on that tracking sheet after 18 months? If not all of the warranted items are repaired within that 18 month period, the corporation will then need to request um, conciliation with Tarion. And that process and all the timelines are um, enough for a full new podcast that we will be hearing from Christy on. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> okay. Um, right. So there's one uh, interesting issue that uh, I think I briefly mentioned before, but I, I think I'm going to touch back on is systemic issues. So I've talked about in the past uh, in, in this episode, how sometimes some defects don't show up in the first year. Um, it's something to take some time for um, the defects through the symptoms that are being experienced to kind of become noticeable. So Cheryl, can you tell us a little bit about how um, corporations can preserve claims for um, systemic defects and kind of also maybe perhaps explain what some systemic defects can be, if you know any. Yeah, so when the consultant is reviewing uh, the corporation's common elements in preparing their report, um, as we mentioned earlier, one of the key things they'll also do is an owner questionnaire to see um, what an owner is noticing, if anything. Um, and sometimes when they're reviewing the common elements, they'll notice that there is water penetration in through a small portion of a window and so they'll note that there's water penetration there, but they won't necessarily know what's causing that water penetration. Um, so they'll describe that as an issue and say where it is at that time. But to the extent that it's later discovered that that was resulting from a building defect and it's a widespread issue throughout the condominium corporation, um, just by describing that symptom, the courts have held that um, the reference to that symptom 
in one location, even if it doesn't fully describe the nature of the problem, will preserve um, the warranty on that item. And even more so, even if it's only noted at one location at the time that the review is done, if it's later discovered to be throughout the building, by, dis by disclosing it at that one location, you're going to preserve the claim wherever it exists on the property. Um, so when you're in your first year of the condominium corporation, if the board or an owner or the consultant notices an issue, but doesn't have complete, complete information on what might be causing it, you need to describe it as best you can in your report to Terry on for your first year claim. Right. right. And I guess not like, I guess if it's a concern, put it in rather than feel like you have to minimize it. Right. Cause it might feel like, Oh, if it's just a crack, Oh, it's just a small crack. It's okay. It's, it's not a big deal, but you never, right. If you, if the engineer feels like it should be put in, I guess the message is keep it in because you never know. Yeah. Most definitely right. you describe as much, describe the issue as best you can and put that in. And then um, in the event, it does turn into something bigger. You've preserved that claim. Okay. Okay. Um, I know we've pretty much been talking about common element warranty claims, but um, I guess one other aspect of this kind of warranty protection regime is the units themselves. So like, how are the unit, like, what are the kind of the warranty regimes for the units? Like, does the individual owners have their own warranties to carry on? Yeah, so that's a great question. So owners in the individual units also have their own warranties that they need to be concerned about preserving as well. So if an owner finds that there's a deficiency within the unit boundaries, they should be setting out their own claim for those issues with Tarion. Um, it is possible that a problem in the unit is caused by a common element defect, which is why it's important to have that communication between the owner and the corporation's consultant when they're doing their performance audit. But to the extent that the issue is limited to a defect in the unit itself, um, owners need to preserve those warranties for themselves. Right. So the message that I kind of get from listening to this information is owners out there, submit your forms when you buy a new condo, because you never know, you might be actually helping your condo corporation out um, if uh, there's something that is present in your unit that turns out to be a much more systemic issue. So make sure to get those full, uh, claims in. Yes, definitely. I would agree with that. Okay. And one thing I would note is um, we've been talking a lot about warranted claims and warranted work. Um, there is a possibility that the consultant will list something in the performance audit that it's um, Terry on decides is not a warranted claim. Um, so in the event that that happens there, the corporation doesn't just have to accept that position. Um, there are appeals and steps that a condominium corporation can take to challenge those positions. They can reach out to legal counsel if they have any questions about that. But I will say that um, Emily is going to cover appeals with Tarion a little bit more down the road. But just to flag that for everyone, that you don't just have to accept Tarion's position. 
um, if it's a claim that you think that the builder should right. be taking steps to repair. Yeah, that, that's a good reminder. And I'm sure Emily is going to have more to say. And um, I, I just know that working through these processes, it's, it's, it can be so technical, right? So it's, it, it's, it's so important to have that expertise on your side as well when you're dealing with these things, because you know, Tarion and the developer will have their expertise on their side. Well, I think that covers it pretty much all of the subjects we wanted to discuss today. Um, I don't know, Sheriff, if you have anything additional to add before I close it off? Um, I think it's just to remember as a condominium board that you want to be diligent through this process and relying on your expert and your expert's advice um, with respect to the claims that you're making. Um, we've often seen just a couple other little tips is we've often seen condominium corporations appoint one person from the corporation to dialogue um, with the builder um, in order to help make sure that the performance audit or the tracking summary is being submitted when it needs to be submitted. Um, and it's also essential that the condominium corporation remember that during that building repair period that they have to provide reasonable access to the property, to the builder so that they can complete those repairs. All very good points. Um, okay, I think that's all the time we have today. Um, I want to thank Cheryl again for coming on and um, speaking with me for the first time, but hopefully not the last time. And uh, please, listeners, keep out, keep an eye out for uh, the future episodes about the Terrion process. It's going to get more interesting from here because we're going to be talking more about disputes. So keep an eye out. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Conopedia is brought to you by Davidson Hu Allen, a boutique condominium law firm servicing Eastern Ontario. You can find more about our firm on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, or on our website at davidsonconolaw.ca. This podcast is for information purposes only and is not intended to provide legal opinion or advice, which cannot be given without knowing the facts of a specific situation. Use of this podcast does not establish a solicitor and client relationship. The intro and outro music is provided by Purple Planet. You can find them at purple-planet.com.